Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I got so much positive feedback about last week's lightning round discussions We talked about where markets are heading in the back end of the year that I've decided to do it again this week. Today, we're going to hit up several of our regular guests to talk about how likely we're going to see a recession soon and what that means for financial markets. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Gaines. All right, we're going to kick off the conversation with Mark Holbert investment columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and MarketWatch.com based in Washington. Well, Mark, there's been a ton of talk about a potential recession on the horizon, but you've recently wrote about stocks climbing a wall of worry, and we've talked about that in the past, even on the Noon Business Hour. And you've also recently pointed out, historically, stocks have a greater chance at being higher than they are now by the end of the year. So let's start there. Wanted to get your thoughts. Well, yeah, let's talk about those things in turn. First, with regard to the probability of a recession, uh, of course, who knows whether a recession will occur. The famous quote that I like to repeat is from Paul Simonson, the MIT economist who got the Nobel Prize, golly, 50 years ago or so. But he said that the stock market had uh, predicted eight of the last four recessions or something like that. I'm not sure exactly the numbers, but the point is that the stock market is always predicting a recession. And of course, it uh, has many false positives. It uh, it is always uh, predicting more than they really are. The thing that history teaches us is that by the time a recession actually begins, the stock market probably has hit bottom. And that's because the stock market is trigger happy. It always will go down even on the hint of a recession. And another way of putting that is that the stock market is forward-looking. So by the time something actually occurs, it's probably already already reflected in stock prices. So you'll hear a saying on Wall Street that you uh, you buy the rumor and sell the news, or in this case, you'd sell the rumor and buy the news. And so if you actually go back in history and buy the stock market on the day that the recession actually began, or the week or month, of course, we're not that exact as to the exact day, you actually did very, very well. And it's uh, one of the ironies of how the stock market works. Um, By the time something actually is happening, we know that it's happening, it's already reflected in prices. So that's step number one. A lot of people like to play the game, are we going to recession or not? And I'll let the economists, on the one hand, try to figure out whether we are or not. But as an investment advisor, it's an entirely different question. And so just because a recession might begin any day now, a lot of people think the last two quarters of this year will be a recession. 
that doesn't mean that the stock market will do poorly. So that's answered the question about recession. With regard to the odds of the stock market going up for the rest of the year, they are very favorable odds. And the thing I like to also point out to clients is that those odds are good regardless of whether the stock market is up or down for the first six months of the year. They're good regardless of whether recession is occurring or will occur or has occurred. And so that's another way of making the point I was mentioning earlier. The stock market always is forward-looking. So by the time anything has happened, it's already reflected in stock prices, leaving the odds of a future increase more or less the same. And I pointed this out in a column recently about it. I, I sliced and diced the historical data as many different ways as I can imagine. I looked at all years in which the stock market was up for the first six months of the year, years in which the stock market was down, years in which it was the third year of the presidential cycle as we are now, years in which the S&P 500's P.E. ratio is more or less where it is now, and a whole host of additional ways of slicing and dicing the data. And in each individual case, the odds of the market going up for the second half of the year were almost identical in each case. I think there's right around 65 to 70 percent of the time. And that's just because the stock market rises about two out of three times. And so if you had to make a bet as to whether the market will be higher at the end of the year, I'd say you have a two out of three chance of being right. And I would give you those same odds regardless of what uh, the market had done for the first half of the year. Well, Mark, I'm telling you, you're really making a case for a random walk down Wall Street. We try to take all this data to predict where things are going. And uh, a, a, a lot of it is noise. That's absolutely right. And of course, you know, <laughs> you and I wouldn't be in this business if people actually believe that, because <laughs> there's really right. no point in having us talk about the news because the, the conclusion is the same. So one way or another, we use our platform to remind people of that of that fact. And so we love to talk about the market. We love to predict what's going to go on. We love to analyze the impact of this or that world event on it. I mean, for example, this week, there was the all of the reaction to the uh, attempted mutiny in Russia, and people had articles with headlines like, what does that mean for the stock market? I can tell you that no one knows, and absolutely no one knows, but that doesn't stop people from pontificating on it, and it doesn't stop us from clicking on articles that will provide us with some sort of insight into what may happen. But nonetheless, it is – I'm not – I guess I want to qualify what I'm about to say. I don't believe everything is random, but it is so close to random that it's not a bad – uh, assumption to take into account every time you make a move in your portfolio. And Mark, thanks for that reminder. Mark Holbert, investment columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and MarketWatch.com, based in Washington, D.C. Next up, we talk to him all the time. He always joins us with a technical look at markets. Jim Welsh, macro strategist and portfolio manager at MacroTides.com in San Diego. Jim, we've talked a lot about the prospects of recession and what it means for markets. And a, a ton of investors, especially as of late, Jim, say, hey, we're heading much higher from here. We got the all clear sign. But I suspect you may have a little different take. So lay it on us, Jim. Tell us how it is. Yeah, I, I'm writing the July macro tides, Andy, and uh, it starts off with about the boy who cried wolf. And as you might remember that story, he, he was watching, uh, I can't remember if it was sheep or cows, something, right? 
and uh, cried wolf and all the townspeople ran out to help and he laughed and he did it a second time and of course the third time when he cried wolf uh, no one came and of course the wolf was there and so to me this is a little bit like last summer economists were crying wolf um, and then in the fall they were crying wolf about the economy going into a recession the first part of this year and now it's kind of like uh, we don't see a recession coming. So, you know, as a contrarian, I think it's important to look at data points that don't support a narrative. And I'm going to give you two things. One is gross domestic income. The outfit that decides when an, uh, a recession begins and ends weights gross domestic income equally with gross domestic product. So when people were calling about a recession last year, I pointed out that in the first quarter, gross domestic income was actually up, not down, as GDP was. It was also up in the third quarter of last year. But lo and behold, Andy, in the fourth quarter of last year, first quarter of this year, gross domestic income went down 3.3% and 2.3%. So to me, those are the underpinnings of the economy. We're a consumer-led economy, and the decline in income which includes wages and rents and dividends and interest income uh, and profits, you know, kind of suggests that um, the spending wagon that we've been on may be starting to run out of uh, gas as between now and year end. And then the other thing I'll point out is hours worked in the last 15 months have gone from 35 hours a week to 34.3. Oh, that doesn't sound that big of a deal. It's a decline of 2%. There are 82 million people working, uh, uh, hourly workers in this country. A 2% decline in those workers would amount to 1.6 million jobs. So my point is just that uh, I think things are setting up for the economy to slow in the second half of this year uh, based on those two statistics that really don't get mentioned much, but I think are very important. We always talk about how markets look technically, the charts hit those levels, Jim. Yeah. Well, the S&P got to 4,195 on February 2nd. Uh, On June 16th, it got to 4,448, up 6%. But if you look at broad market averages like the value line composite, which is 1,700 stocks, the Russell 2000, which is obviously 2,000 stocks, they were 4 to 6% below where they were in, on February 2nd. So the gap, performance gap between those two broad indices is between you know, 9 and 12% over the last four months. That's a huge gap. So the point being is a lot of people are talking about the market's breadth improving. Uh, and when you look at things like the advanced decline line and those market averages, it just doesn't show up, Andy. And they, they're, in a sense, betting that we're not going to have a recession. We're not even going to have much of a slowdown. And people will continue to buy cyclically exposed companies. Um, and I think that, again, based on what I said initially regarding the outlook for the economy, that seems questionable. So um, technically, the underpinnings of this market are not great. Um, the market can continue to hold up until a reason to sell materializes. And since most people don't think a recession is coming, I think the market will be vulnerable, Andy, as we get you know, into the second half of this year and we start to see signs that the economy is indeed slowing more than expected. That will give the re- you know, a reason for people to, to sell since that's not what they're expecting. 
and of course, advice for the individual investor knowing all of this? Well, I think you just have to play it close to the vest from a standpoint that I think there's a fair amount of risk to the market over the next three to six months. And if you're invested, try to use stop losses to make sure, because the risk, Andy, is that if indeed we start heading toward a recession later this year, early next year, at some point in time, I think the S&P has the potential of declining back to the October lows of 3,500 and potentially down to 3,200. So we're talking about a fairly meaningful drop if indeed the economy slows as I expect. I'm not expecting it to slow, you know, in the first two weeks of July. There's still a decent amount of momentum, but by the end of the third quarter, I think we're going to see more definitive signs that the economy is slowing more than expected. And then what's that special offer for the GAINS listener, Jim? You always give it to us. Well, I'll be happy to send them uh, the July macro tides, which will go out uh, probably over this weekend. Jim Welsh macro at Gmail, and I'll be happy to send it to you. Yeah, take Jim up on that. That's Jim Welsh, macro strategist and portfolio manager at macrotides.com based in San Diego. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I've been told that's podcast gold. Totally appreciate the solid there. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We're taking a quick break and we will be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Next up on the docket, Gary Kaltbaum, president of Kaltbaum Capital Management in Orlando. And you got to check out his website, GaryK.com. Gary, thanks for joining us. We're talking to a lot of the show's big dogs on what the future holds for stocks. What camp are you in? When it comes to the likeliness of a recession soon, and I'd love to get your thoughts on things. There's been a whole bunch of talk about this, and markets have kind of rallied a little bit as of late. When it comes to the recession discussion, what camp are you in, uh, Gary? I am in the camp of no recession right now, and there's a simple reason why. You can't have uh, Federal Express breaking out, the airlines at new yearly highs, construction stocks, industrial stocks, machinery stocks, all hitting new yearly highs and going higher, cruise lines. I'm a real big believer the market is smarter than all of us, and I consider us smart. And and I think the market's saying right now, recession off the table for now. But I must add, and this is not hedging, it's just fact, if I was just to look at the inverted yield curve, which pretty much has uh, presaged the recession every time, I think there was one coming. If I looked at savings rates plunging and credit card usage skyrocketing, I would think a recession coming. By the way, you can also add late payments for credit cards are starting to rise. So it is really a mixed bag of things that I am seeing, but there's been no greater indicator for me than what is the market saying? And the market's yelling and screaming right now, 
no recession of any kind at this juncture. Later down the road, we'll see. Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned a lot of the leading indicators, the companies that kind of tell you uh, things are getting better when you cite things like transports and, and some of the companies that you talked about early on. When you're taking this all in, Gary, what's your advice for the individual investor who's kind of doesn't know which way things are folding here? Well, on June 2nd, we put out the note. We thought the broad market that was being left behind woke up. And that's what you're seeing right now when you see things like the transports, when you see stocks like Federal Express or Old Dominion Freight, a trucker uh, really moving nicely. Uh, Those are the areas. But don't forget that technology has been very, very strong and continues in a bull phase itself. Uh, So markets acting pretty darn well, notwithstanding pullbacks. I think it's in pretty decent shape right now. Of course, that can change. We have the Fed that looks like they telegraphed they're going to raise rates again, and you never know what the reaction is going to be. All I can tell you, all evidence in right now is that we're in good stead uh, in spite of all the things that I had mentioned that are staring us straight in the face. And you cited the leadership of tech which had initially been pretty narrow. I mean, tech accounted for a lot of the gains for the year. It seems like the rest of the market may be catching up here, Gary? Uh, Leave no doubt. Uh, Right before June 2nd, people were reporting how narrow things were after they were already narrow for months, and usually that's kind of late in the game. And we're getting the catch-up right now. To what extent, I don't know. I've been always uh, a growth stock guy because – You find the greatest growth companies, those are going to be your big winners. And these economically sensitive areas will only last so long uh, because they don't have the great sales growth and earnings growth that companies in maybe technology or or medicine have. Uh, But the most important point to make is uh, until the market is bad, it's good. And we had enough bad. And on a daily basis right now, the market's uh, pretty much uh, proven itself. And today in the New York Stock Exchange, uh, 2,800 stocks up, 1,100 down. Those are the type of days that make you uh, feel better and know that the market's uh, broadening out. Hopefully it continues. And then what areas of the market, Gary, do you like right now uh, that you see maybe the best value or poise to really perform here in the second half of the year? I I don't know about the word value, but I can tell you that housing stocks, which we're in, continue to lead up. Uh, There's been talk about the death of housing for a while, but they just keep going and going and going and going. They have very low valuations, and they're catching up. And now you're seeing housing related. I noticed Lowe's today breaking into new high ground. I've noticed Sherwin-Williams and Masco uh, uh, and Whirlpool starting to come up. They're in good stead. And I mentioned the airlines have just, uh, no pun intended, have skyrocketed over the last three weeks uh, since June 2nd. Uh, Delta Airlines, United Airlines, new yearly highs. And don't forget the cruise lines also. So a lot of things that, again, were left for dead, were pretty much comatose, woke up and they're getting going. I think uh, that's part of the place to be. And then your final thoughts for the Gaines listener as we wrap up today's convo. Careful about the boo birds when the market's in shape. Uh, Just remember there are perma bears that'll stay bearish no matter what. There are perma bulls that'll stay bullish no matter what. Pay attention to the market. It gives a lot of great clues on a daily basis uh, to tell you uh, the strength and where the leadership is. And today's one of those days.
Big thanks to Gary Kaltbaum, president of Kaltbaum Capital Management in Orlando. And you got to check out Gary's website, GaryK.com. And to round out the uh, conversation today, Tim Grisky, senior portfolio strategist at Ingalls and Snyder in New York. Tim, always great to have you on the Gains podcast talking about where are you in the recession camp? Where do you see markets going forward? And let's just start right there. Lots of talk of recession, Tim. Uh, where do you see things? Well, I think there's lots of talk about recession, uh, Andy, and, uh, but I think there's also talk that there will be no recession. So I think it's really up in the air. And, and to us, that means if we do have a recession, it's probably likely to be very shallow, very short. Um, we'll probably see somewhat some slowing in the economy, uh, even if it doesn't become a recession. We don't think either scenario is uh, a death knell for the stock market. Uh, we think the market can power through all of this, uh, regardless of the economy. If we do see a bit of a slowdown, what do you anticipate the market reaction? You kind of said that you think the market can power through this. I mean, where do you see the market from a technical standpoint and where it stands if, if we did see a, a rough patch? Well, I think you're going to see certain sectors uh, become impacted by the recession. So those economically sensitive sectors, such as consumer discretionary and industrials, they will likely take a hit uh, in a recession because the, the fear is that the recession will become worse and will really impact their businesses. There are other sectors of the economy and of the markets that won't be as impacted by that you know, modest economic weakness. Uh, and we'd certainly throw technology into that that camp, um, but also certainly consumer staples, uh, health care. Uh, the more defensive sectors tend to do well in those types of periods where there is an economic slowdown. You know, tech has had such a run, and I had mentioned this before earlier in the, the podcast for a long time, that, that tech was that narrow leadership to the upside. Uh, seems like other parts of the market are starting to catch up a little bit. Um, do you you mentioned that tech you believe will still hold up even though it's had a pretty decent run? I really do. Uh, you know, uh, technology the technology game is, has changed somewhat here with artificial intelligence with AI. There's a lot of promise for this development within the tech sector. Uh, and I think you'll hear a lot of positive chatter over the coming months, over the coming years about AI and how it can benefit the economy uh, and uh, increase um, the uh, the competitiveness of certain companies. So I, I, I'm, I'm a believer that technology is going to continue to develop, that we're going to continue to see new innovations within technology and within artificial intelligence uh, that's going to really power the technology sector going forward here. Do you think all of AI has been baked into the market? Because uh, a lot of the gains have been this promise of AI, uh, and we often see this kind of thing. So you think there is some further legs, and AI is the driver in that area? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we've just scratched the surface in terms of AI and in terms of what technology can do. The technology revolution hasn't been going on all that long. 
you know, the iPhone was only created, uh, I think it was 11 years ago, 12 years ago. Uh, this is a relatively new technology, and yet we all carry those phones along with us almost 24-7. So there, we think there's just a lot more ahead for the development of technology. There'll certainly be periods where tech underperforms or where other sectors you know, do very well and, and you know, catch up. But technology just has so much growth potential that we, we really love the sector long term. What's your advice for the individual investor who's a little timid here? <laughs> well, it's certainly understandable, but the best thing for an individual investor is not to get scared off by volatility, to realize that investing is for the long term. doesn't mean you put all your money into tech stocks or into the stock market. Uh, you diversify, but you stay invested, and over the long term, that will be profitable. Just look at history, and history shows that if you if you stay invested, you stay in the markets, you will do well over the long term. As the host of the Gains podcast and and talking about all these different moves, that's a good reminder. Uh, you know, the overwhelming number of investors out there should be looking for the really long, long term. And you kind of touched on that. So as we wrap up the podcast, that's important, having that long view. That's kind of uh, your approach to the market, right, Tim? It's really a mantra, I think, for all investors is to stay invested. Don't worry about the volatility. There will be volatility in investing, both in stocks and to a lesser extent, but still in bonds. But realize that the market is going to march higher over the long term. If you believe in uh, the stock market, if you believe in this country and the innovation of this country, you will do well uh, by being invested and st sticking with it over the long term and not worrying about all the short-term ups and downs. So Tim says, play the long game. Well, big thanks to Tim Grisky, Senior Portfolio Strategist at Ingalls & Snyder in New York. All right, that's going to wrap up the Gains Podcast. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Totally appreciate the solid there. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We drop Gains episodes on Wednesday mornings, and I look forward to seeing you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 